Good morning. <laughs> this is your girl of the gods, aka Juicy J, BKA J Money. J Money on the track. I'm trying to be a rapper, y'all. Um, actually, no, I'm playing. <laughs> I feel like everyone's becoming a rapper. That's not my life. That's not my ministry. I'm a poet at heart, and I'm gonna just stick to that. Um, and to drama. I'm good at that. I'm good at drama. Um, so, yes, welcome, 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 welcome. This is a case of healing part two. Um, so where do I begin? You know, I think I'll start with talking about some of the most recent experiences I've had around trauma and healing and kind of what that has done for my overall journey and kind of where I'm at um, and where I used to be. So last episode, I spent a significant amount of time really laying out this parallel experience that I am undergoing while back home on the island of St. John and how my work here as a researcher is really uh, metaphoric, right? And symbolic for other work that I have endeavored to accomplish while here, other work that I didn't really know I mean, I had an inkling that I would need to like work on some, handle some, manage and deal with some things from my own past, but I didn't understand the depths of that and kind of the implications really of all of that work for my future. Um, And it's been a beautiful thing kind of seeing my my life play out and pan out in this way, seeing my healing journey, my digging journey, my archival retrieval, all of that really just be a manifestation of um, reclamation, right? My reclaiming my time, my reclaiming space, my reclaiming my, my emotions, my reclaiming my love, my reclaiming my position, right? Um, all of these things, just my reclamation of all of the things that belong to me, that have always belonged to me and that are mine for the keeping, at this moment in my life. Um, And so in that vein, I, you know, for those people who um, know me, that's probably all of you since most of my followers are my friends. (laughs) And if there are more of you guys out there, thank you so much for joining me along my journey of trying to figure out my life through this podcast and sharing my beautiful um, insights with you. Um... But for those folks who do know me, you know that a thing that has really characterized my life um, as an adult post-undergrad was the loss of a really, really, really close friend of mine, a, a best friend. And, and not like a literal, they lost their lives, but like the end and the death of a friendship. And I wrote an article about this on Medium um, a while back. I think it was back in like 2016 when I had just begun my journey um, to retrieve, to gain this PhD. Um, and I think it's titled something like losing a friend, some shit. It was a really basic title. It's really easy to find, but something about like losing a friend and what I've learned and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, very insightful piece. I really enjoy it. I like going back to it often because it reminds me of some of the work that is necessary in maintaining, sustaining ourselves and also our relationships. Um, and sometimes how like some relationships just will not last and they are not meant to last and that that's okay, right? But yet, you know, when you are in long-term relationships with people, when you have friends who've been friends of yours for years, it is super duper difficult to, to, to not think that that relationship is meant to last a lifetime. Um, and when anything happens to jeopardize a friendship, you know, it's a blow. It's a blow to the chest. It's a direct blow to the heart. Um, and I had been friends with this woman for like years since middle school. And we'd seen so much together. We'd gone through so much together. We'd experienced so much together. We were each other's support system, shoulder, everything, family, right? Um, our families were really close. And, you know, we were, like, we were like peas in a pod, one in the same. And oftentimes when you'd see one of us, you, know, you knew the other one was around the corner somewhere. Um, and, like, we have a very similar sense of, like, our energies are similar, um, or at least they were once upon a time. I really can't speak for that now, but I, I once upon a time, our energies were similar and, and people often um, suggested that we were relatives or that we were in fact just sisters, right? And that was like the kind of bond that we had. That was the depths of the love that we had and shared for each other. Um, and then this really tragic thing happened, you know, where because of... Um, I think what I would say is like a, a like um, an incapacity on my part to just be honest and direct, right, about what it is that I really wanted and what I really felt about a thing early on. Um, it led to some decisions being made, right? And this friend chose to like take a path that just really would ruin our friendship and make it very difficult to like have trust right um be a foundation of friendship anymore um and my reasons for allowing this thing to happen in whatever ways i allowed it right i'm only taking part responsibility in this because i think sometimes when things happen to us we don't always recognize how like we gave it room right we gave space for this infraction to take place for this violation to take place and there are ways in which our relationships with people sometimes can really like cultivate a spirit and like realm of violation we allow people to do violence against us when we don't just say what it is that we mean to say when we don't stand up for ourselves when we aren't um when we're too busy trying to appease people's desires um, and compromise our own integrity and character um, that we just end up getting hurt, right? We allow ourselves to be hurt. And then, you know, obviously people make choices to in fact violate us. They are the actors um, and the perpetrators, right? Like they ultimately do the work of hurt. But we have to often think about like, what are the circumstances around which we provide opportunity for people to violate. Um, and that is an important thing, I think, to name because it helps us regain agency in the midst of our trauma, right? And more importantly, it allows us to recognize that we have control over the kinds of relationships we have and what happens to us in our relationships in the future, right? Um, and so in a lot, through a lot of introspection, reflection, and just like deep dive digging, I recognized that I was suffering 
from um, loss in the saw syndrome. And I describe loss in the saw syndrome as any kind of uh, reality within which a person loses a very clear and coherent sense of where they begin, right? And where their relationship with other people end. And I and I and this is a thing that we we suffer from. I think so many of us suffer from loss in a saw syndrome. We suffer from this syndrome in like our platonic relationships, familial relationships, and romantic relationships, right? Sometimes we get so close to people, we get so entangled in their sauce and in the sauce of our friendship or relationship that it's difficult for us to really distinguish what it means to really be who we are. What are the things that really make us who we are? What are the things that we in fact stand for outside of the context of this very relationship? And we end up molding ourselves and kind of losing our very distinct sense of self and identity in the midst of a relationship. And this has happened so many times. Um, I've witnessed this and I have been victim to this where I allow like, the, the, the beauty of what I think is the relationship and, um, you know, my investment in keeping the relationship and being with someone and not losing them really override some very um, clear and, and, and deeply embedded senses of, of what it means to be, act and behave and move in the world in a certain way. Um, and I'd recognize that in this friendship, because of so much that has, has transpired between us, um, I had become lost in a sauce and, and had felt like, you know, like I couldn't actually say what it was that I really wanted to say. And that like appeasing this friend would have really been better for sustaining the relationship than it would have been to just like deal with the consequences or the potential of losing the friend right um and that is a horrible horrible way to make decisions in the world i think one of the biggest things i've learned about what it means to sustain and maintain healthy relationships is like being direct and honest right if we are not able to be honest with the people who we are in closest proximity to then what in the hell are we even doing right like i think so many people i know so many people who subscribe to this notion that you know if i'm in relationship with you then that means that i um you know i'm gonna do whatever i gotta do to protect you and that means lie to you even right or even lie to myself that i'm gonna just do the things that i know are gonna make you feel right and feel good and that will protect the relationship and by protect mean keep it from like disintegrating in any particular way uh by being too truthful right i think being honest is like imperative in making sure that we do not hurt ourselves, hurt each other, and hurt the very nature and foundation of our relationships with people. When we refuse to be honest and direct, when we refuse to name the things that happen and that exist within a relationship that may bother us, that may jeopardize a relationship in one way or another, um, in hopes of thinking that by ignoring it, we in fact will resolve it. We are setting ourselves up for so much pain and hurt in the long term. And I learned this lesson the hard way, right? Um, and so for many years after like losing the friendship, I had just like 
I had just hurt. I was hurt. I was so hurt. I was so hurt. You can ask my best friends today. Like, they would tell you, you know, it was a journey of healing and retrieval. Like, people really had to, like, work with me. And I thank God for friends, for the angels he sends as friends who come into your life to show you that, like, what you know to be true is not the end of your story, Manega. Like, it's not the beginning nor the end. What has happened to you, what you have endured, is not the end of your story. And that you can experience the depths and the breath of love that is wholesome, that is rewarding, and that takes care of you, right? A love that is generous and kind and pure and grounded in, like, generosity, right grounded in selflessness that that kind of love does exist that you don't have to be subjected to self-interestedness and to manipulation right or deceit and that those don't have to be staples of a relationship with anyone absolutely no one and these friends of mine who became like sisters to me and brothers showed me what it meant to like be loved and to be a friend to have a friend and to be a friend um and over the years i've been able to really work myself out of my pain and my trauma you know but you know the thing about being hurt and feeling a sense and feeling betrayal feeling betrayed is that that shit is not like easy to get over you know it takes so much willpower um and also a, a commitment to to want in a better friggin' future for yourself. Real plain and simple, right? Like, it takes so much work to get from a place of hurt and, like, desperate hurt to a place of, this shit don't even phase me, right? And it doesn't phase me, doesn't mean, like, I've forgotten what has occurred um, and now I'm going to move on in pure ignorance and bliss, right? But rather that I will not allow the circumstances around this pain to have a hold on my life anymore in such a way that it prevents me from imagining and walking into my blessings, right? Walking into a future that is full of abundance that I deserve and can and will inherit. And I recognized that like this this was a decision right healing is a decision we have to decide that we want to overcome the pain and that we want to move on and experience something different that we deserve to experience something other than hurt other than pain other than despair and and when i came back home because this person actually resides here i or rather when i was preparing to come back home i'm like yo I don't know exactly what the fuck to expect from any encounter with this these people. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Literally, y'all, just like I would say three months ago, perhaps, just three to four months ago, I was still in a place of like, look, Fuck them niggas. I don't got time for them hoes. I don't got, like, look, like, look. Just like, a, just like a place and space of like, fuck y'all, right? And you know, like, fuck y'all. It might seem relatively um, chill. You know, I'm not gonna say benign, but like, it, of like all the kinds of responses that somebody could have, you know, like, it's not like the most severe, 
right? But it still isn't like the ideal place to be in. To be like, fuck y'all hoes, is it really where we aspire to be when we are talking about healing and really overcoming our pain? Um, and so I, I wasn't sure exactly what it would require in order to get me to a different place. But I knew that at, at some point I wanted to be someplace other than fuck y'all, right? That like I for myself just did not want to live in that space of fuck y'all because it was going to eat me out, like literally just dig me out and consume me in ways that were not going to actually benefit me or do me any good. Um, and then like this, um, this incredible conflict emerged between me and my lover and it forced me to do some shit (laughs) it forced me to work through some of the things that I mentioned in my previous episode right like what does it mean to be transparent what does it mean to own my baggage um so as to not bring that into what I was trying to form with someone else and what I realized through that conflict was that yes in fact I had carried over the baggage of all the like of the previous pain and hurt I'd experienced in that former relationship. And granted, that relationship was not even a romantic one, right? Like that was a platonic friendship. But like there was baggage that was so huge and that had really seeped through and seeped into all aspects of my way of relating in the world that had really come to bear upon this romantic pursuit I had currently in the, in the current, in the moment. Um, and then once I coupled what that was with other experiences I'd had in romantic relationships, in fact, I recognized a trend and a pattern of people's um, just mistreatment, right, of me. Um, and the ways in which I showed up in, in previous relationships and how the pain that was dished out and shared through these former relationships had all kind of bundled together to put me in a position where I was, I wanted to love, I was willing to love, but I was incapable of loving in, in really generous and wholesome ways, right? That like, you know, when you have a desire to do something, you want to do it, you care for it. Um, you have the desire for it, but you just are incapable, right? And you're incapable in a way that you would have not understood otherwise had it not been for being put to the test, really, right? We don't really know what it is that we, we suffer from and what areas we are weak in until we test in them and we recognize the weakness after like failing <laughs> um, and just like not passing. Um, but I decided, I'm like, yo, it, it, I want to love. I want to love in like the purest of terms. I want to give myself. I want to be the best lover, the best partner that I can be. And right now, I just am not equipped to do that. And I need to do some work before that can fully and truly happen. And in the re- introspection, the kind of reflective work that I had undergone Um, I really, I mapped out, y'all. I made profiles and I would recommend this to anybody. Um, I I did like a backwards planning for those of us who may be educators and are familiar with that terminology. I did some backwards planning and I started mapping out um, kind of like where did all of this, where may all of this have begun, right? Like where could I trace the roots of this problem? 
the, or the problems that were surfacing now, today, in some of my relationships, primarily this romantic relationship, what, was, what were the things that um, worked in my life to put me in a position to struggle to love the way I knew I wanted to love? And I made profiles. I made profiles of every single person that had a major role in my life, whether it was through love or friendship um, or just relationship, even family members, right? And the ways in which their habits and patterns around relating to me really infiltrated my capacity to understand what it means to love and to relate to others. And I had to just sketch out, like, what were the habits? What were the things, the phrases that I was hearing? What were the, the narratives, right, that were on repeat in my life? And how, like, how did different people um, really influence me and my, 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 my own understanding of what a healthy relationship or what a, just period, what a relationship even looks like or could or should look like, right? And I began to realize that things that I had been doing in my current romantic relationship really could directly be traced to literal habits of other people in my life, right? And the things people had done to me or the ways in which people related to me. And I'm like, yo, this is the line of toxicity right here. This is it. I could pinpoint it. I could see it, the line. I could circle it. I could name it. And that was such a liberating exercise, I tell you. Because up until that point, I didn't recognize how, like, how directly we are influenced by the people and the things around us, right? Which is why it's so important to have a, the very refined spirit of discernment where we can be able to identify like what is it that's rocking in our lives that is of like goodness and of healthiness and just like what is not, right? And when you are attuned to your own senses and what you deserve and what you desire and how you want to be in the world, you are better able to really recognize things that do not align with that, right? And it was such a hurtful process because there are people who were so close to me in my family, in my, in my community, who had very toxic habits of relationship um, that I had adopted and I had learned and thought to be normal and okay. And being in a relationship with somebody who just was a bit more advanced in the department of a relationship and like work and like loving, re like revealed to me that like those things were in fact not okay and they were not normal. Um, and so that work was difficult, right? It was, it was difficult because it's really hard to recognize um, that the people really close to you have some really bad habits. Um, it's a hard thing to reconcile. Um, what do you do with that, right? Especially when some of these people are like family members. And how do you deal with it when they're like people you love dearly, you do anything for, you care about so tremendously, but they have some really bad ways. Bad ways that you just do not want to be in your corner anymore, right? That you don't want to, to define what community means for you anymore. And I had to withdraw. Like I stopped talking to 
couple people in my family for like a good two weeks, yo. Literally, I was like, oof, baby. Because it was a combination of like sadness, disappointment, resentment, and bitterness, right? I was fucking tight. I'm like, yo, I have all this fucking trauma and baggage. And I'm walking around broken as fuck because y'all niggas broken. And y'all gave me your brokenness. I've inherited your brokenness. And I don't want that shit no more. And fuck y'all hoes. And like, what the fuck, yo? Like, I was tight. I was tight. Because I'm like, all this shit that I am and that I have going on right now is shit that I was learned. And it was learned from y'all hoes. Y'all taught me this shit. And you made me believe that this was okay, right? Like, explicitly and implicitly. And I just had to sit in that moment, right? I just had to sit with those feelings because those feelings were they were genuine and they were sincere and they were where I was at. And I had to just wrestle with that and be like, I need to step the fuck aside. Like literally I was snapping on people because I'm like, just you, you're not ready to be in community with these people because you are like what they represent to you right now is just like really hurtful. Right. And so you need to step back. And I had to do that for myself and do that for those people and to preserve their relationships in whatever way they needed to be preserved. Right. And in stepping back and spending more time with myself, I gave myself space to like feel all of the resentment and then to open up room to feel something else, right? So I began to feel um, compassion, right? Compassion ended up replacing the resentment because I was able to recognize like, oh, you know, half these motherfuckers don't even fucking know what the fuck they're doing, right? Half the people in my life with toxic traits actually don't even know that they carry these traits. They don't know how toxic their behavior is, right? Most of them, not all of them. Um, And so, like, is it really fair for me to hold them accountable to a thing that they may not even be aware of, right? Like, that's actually going to have to require serious conversation and me just, like, naming, hey, I recognize these things and, like, this has impacted me in X, Y, and Z ways. And so I've begun the work. I haven't finished it. I've begun the work talking to certain people about the ways in which they've showed up for me. And these are people who at least I'm still currently in community with, right? For the, pro- for the people in the profiles I created that I no longer have actual relationships with that are prominent, like I just did the work myself, like personally, dealt with the consequences of everything, um, humanized them, and then went about my business, right? There was no need to really go back to that person to do some, like, personal, interpersonal work or direct reconciliation. And, 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 and this is important to name because sometimes we think that in order to reconcile or to heal and move forward, we have to, in fact, literally reconcile with people, that we have to go back into a relationship with certain folks and, like, deal with them and hash things out. But that's not always the healthiest thing to do. And, in fact, most of the times, it really is very problematic because half the time, people aren't even in a position or place to hear you come tell them about themselves right and like that just like well because walking into it you'll have expectations for what you could probably get out of it right like if you're gonna introduce somebody to something or bring something to their attention you're obviously doing it with intentions of receiving something in return and what can really derail our process of healing is not getting that thing in return (laughs) right like putting ourselves out there and saying hey these are the ways in which you have impacted my life and really like hurt me and you know I just want to name that and let you know um and that could go left real quick right and then it can really just discourage the entire project and we don't want that and so I think what was most effective for me was to really just um name it right like map out all the specifics of that hurt and the ways in which I felt neglected abandoned abused um, exploited, etc. 
from each of these individuals or in these relationships and just recognize that like what had happened between us is what had happened between us and that this person may have things they need to work through but that it's not my responsibility to get them to like that place right that I could only pray that they would get there on their own um, but that I, I could come to terms for myself with what they had done name it take ownership of my role in it take ownership and like hold agency of my life and knowing that like the thing that they have done is what they have done to me it does not define me right i ultimately hold the power to define who i am and what i want to be in the world even in the midst of this or in the aftermath of this hurt so that was really powerful and empowering but for the folks who i was in relation i continue to be in relationship with right um I had to address that because if I'm going to maintain a relationship with them, like we have to talk about the ways in which we relate and how that might, the terms of relating have to change and what that might have to look like. Um, And so I did the work, I've started the work and I've taught it to some people in my family about how I've seen them show up and kind of these traits that I think are toxic and that impact not just me, but really all other members of the family and how I'm seeing this generational trend, right? And like what it might take to really enter in that trend and really undo it do some of undo some of that pain and that work and that trauma um and that was really y'all the foundation for me working through some other shit when i had taken the time to really name my hurt and my pain and my experiences of old and the past and how the past really bore upon my present still i gave myself the liberty to feel all kinds of things that I thought I was feeling, but I really was not allowing myself to feel thoroughly. And then I made a decision. I was like, okay, so these are the ways in which people have fucked me over and the ways in which I fucked myself over, over these years. What now? And I was just like, bitch, what now is we ready to fucking walk into our motherfucking best? And that's what the fuck now? What the fuck now is it's been too many years of sitting with grief and loss. And I want something better for myself. That is what is now. What's now is that I have decided that I deserve happiness. I deserve peace. I deserve joy. I deserve to live in and through abundance. And I will not allow the traumas of old to take control, hold of me anymore. I want freedom. I want love. I want to walk into love. Unconditional. Selfless, generous. Protective, protected love. I want love. A love that builds me up. A love that does not extract. A love that does not exploit. A love that does not abuse. A love that is not violent. Right? But a love that is meant to stretch me and grow me. To make me feel whole. To to make me sweeter again. Right? I deserve that love. I want to love myself that way. I want to experience love with others through those terms. I made a decision. 
I had made a decision. I had to make that decision for myself. And I released. I released all those people from me. Every person who had hurt me, I was like, look, I set you down. I set you down in the name of Jesus. I set you down. I set you down. No more. You cannot have a hold on my life anymore. Whatever you did that brought pain to my life, is to say it says more. It means more about you than it does about me. And that is your work to do and figure out. Whatever decisions you made that ended up hurting me is for you to figure out. But I rest you down. And you don't get to have power over my life no more like this. And I recognized that by holding on to that hurt the way that I was holding on to it, right? Living in the hurt and making it so relevant all the time that I was actually relinquishing power. I was giving my power up to other niggas. And I'm like, bitch, ain't no motherfucker alive deserving or worthy enough of having that much control over your state of mind and being. Hell to the fuck nah. The only bitch that runs this show is me, moi, Joe. I and I alone. And I just had to get get serious and get wild about that, right? Like that my happiness is directly in my control. And yes, there are things that has hap- that have happened to me. Yes, there are things that may have impacted my capacity to like show up in relationships or to even trust in relationships, to like be genuine and honest and open in relationships. But like you named it, you recognize that I was able to find that out. I was able to discover those areas, name them and do the work to deal with them individual piece by piece. And then from there, I had to create commit to creating a reality that would trump that that had to replace that altogether and i decided i just decided i one morning i was like i deserve healing and i i i accept healing i look to the heavens and i let god know like i am ready i am ready i am ready to heal i am ready for pain to stop taking up residence in my life like this man i'm sick of this shit i'm sick of living in pain and living with hurt and resentment and bitterness fuck that shit no matter how slight it may have been it was still there right i'm ready to let it go and let me tell y'all how i knew let me tell you how i knew that like i truly had set myself free For the first time over this past weekend, I met this this ex-friend of mine. And it had been seven years since I saw them. And we'd spoken over the phone on and off. And it was very generally about, like, professional shit. Um, but, it, you know, it was still an experience to have to actually see each other face to face. And I think for both of us, there was some... Um, um anxiousness anxiety right not like like really anxiety but you know 
anticipation. We were wondering, I, I, I just assumed for this person as well, based upon how they interacted with me, that we were still unsure of how this meet, this re-encounter would go. And I, I imagine that for them, they were really like, yo, this bitch is about to come and like come for my neck. I wonder how deeply hurt and in pain she is. Like, blase, blase. Because I had like cut them off for like a good second. Cut them the fuck off. And then over the years, it was like two years ago, God had really convicted my heart to call this person. And psh, listen, I can't even like... I was just led to call this person and the day I called them, they had just come out of the hospital and had gone through an immense, tremendously painful experience. Um, And it was really divinity that like brought me to them at their foot, like at that time in their life. And, and I know that that was not me for shit. It wasn't me. It was all God, but it was my willingness to yield to God's voice and to just like follow through. Um, and so from there, I think like God was doing the work, right? Like <laughs> it's so crazy. I'm saying this because now I'm like recognizing the, the truth of what I'm saying, right? That like it, this was this is healing project has been like years in the making, and it really just took a willingness like two years ago to yield to and be to be obedient to like that voice to discern what was God's calling on me to show up in a particular way, um, and to just follow through. And fast forward, you know, I, I like encountered this person and literally I'm like, it's good to see you because it was, it was good to see their face after all these years. You know, it's a familiar face, a face that I'd known, a face that I'd had so many memories with that were so good. Right. And like those things don't just go away despite the ways in which people fuck us over. Right. Like those things don't go away too. And I was like, it's good to see you because it was. And you know, we interacted normally and I was cordial as fuck. And I like just like did not feel any sense of loss for the first time. Like for real, for real. For the first time after seeing that person, like there was no rage that welled up in me, yo. I promise y'all. Like it was bizarre. Like I felt this inexplainable sense of peace and settledness my spirit felt settled like seeing this person i was like wow i just i feel so grounded yeah i feel grounded as fuck like i cannot be moved none of this nothing about this encounter phases me like, and more importantly, there was nothing here that I felt like I had lost anymore. I was like, wow, like, my life is abundant and full already. I have people in my life who have loved on me, who continue to love me, who I am able to love, who I'm learning to love more and more every day. And my life is abundant everything that I need to be the kind of Jessica I want to be in the world I have within my possession and I am at peace with what was and with what will never be again and that is okay 
and this person asked me for a hug. So bizarre. And I'm like, it feels like you need a hug. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? It don't it don't take none. It don't bother me none. It don't take none at all for me to hug you. So I hugged them. But in that hug was the confirmation that like whatever was between us was officially dead. Like it was so clear to me. I'm like, oh, there is like no spark, no synergy, no connectivity here. Like this is dead. Whatever this relationship signified when it was at its best, that no longer exists between us. Um, and that's fine. And that was, and I was okay with that. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'll see you around because we surely have work to do professionally together and that work has to get done. Um, but yeah, we don't need to be friends like that. Um, and in fact, there is no going back. <laughs> right? And so, and so this is where I really think it's important that I say this. To heal and live in peace with people who have hurt you does not require, um, like, the reestablishment or reinstatement of former relationships or of our relationship. I think sometimes people think like, if you truly over some shit, you know, you, you wouldn't mind being their friend again. If you really forgive them, like you wouldn't mind being their friend again. And like, that's bizarre. That's bonkers. That's bullshit. Peace. That's like plain and simple. Reconciliation is something that really can be as internal and personal process as anything else, right? Like reparative work can be done um, in isolation and then manifest itself in community, right? When you have done the work to repair whatever was broken for yourself and in your life, you it shows in how you show up. And like, that's all that matters. What matters is how you show up, right? Um, what you allow to be the narrative today. But you don't need to actually reestablish or reinstate friendships with anybody in order to show and demonstrate that you have in fact repaired, right? Because what we have to, a part of loving yourself and living in a spirit of love and like joy and peace is knowing that certain relationships in fact are harmful and do not deserve to exist. And if we are truly meant to do right by ourselves and to love ourselves into healthier versions of ourselves, we have to have a very keen sense of awareness of what these relationships are that are actually detrimental to us more than they are beneficial to us. And be not afraid of having them shits be dead, dead AF in their tracks, right? Loving yourself is much more important than appeasing people. And we have to love ourselves enough to respect the pain that people cause us, right? Because you have to acknowledge, like, this thing caused me pain and it has hurt me in these ways. And that does not change. That reality, right, that is part of history. That will never go away, right? And it is so important that we don't just, like, throw things aside and, like, don't forget about things because they happened, right, past tense, 
right? Their happening is indicative and instructive. The past is always instructive for the future. And it doesn't mean that people don't have that capacity to change. It just means that sometimes we do not need things to repeat themselves ever. And that the only way that we can ensure that these things don't repeat themselves is if we continue to commit ourselves to wanting better for ourselves, right? And that we take precautions and we apply measures that will ensure that we are given the room and space to have the best function in mental health, spiritual health, physical health possible. And sometimes complete death of a relationship or of a thing is the only way, the best way to receive that kind of healthiness right that kind of stability and that fullness of state of mind and so yeah um y'all on some real shit i am just like utterly and thoroughly proud of myself (laughs) because baby i didn't see this coming (laughs) i remember i hit um I was like talking to my mom. I'm like, yo, like, I don't even know what it's going to look like. But I'm going to tell you, mom, like, I just, I have no expectations. I'm just walking in as a normal person trying to get some shit done. Like, we're going to see each other and what it's going to be is what it's going to be. And I was ready for it to be anything, quite honest, seriously and genuinely. I was ready for it to be whatever it was. And, but I knew that I was not walking in with any kind of preconceived notions of what it should look like. Right? I was just like, look, what it's going to be is what it's going to be. And it was exactly what it needed to be. But what was so powerful, what was the most beautiful thing about all of this was that like two nights before this encounter, I had gotten a dream. And in the dream, I had to make a decision between taking a path to the right of me or a path to the left of me. And I took the path to the left of me. And the path to the left of me got me out of this situation that I was in quicker than the right, the path to the right would have. And I remember I had friends who were accompanying me and one of them turned back and said, oh, look, they're so stupid. They went the longer route. Like, do you want to go back and like rub it in their faces and tell them like how wrong the decision was? And I was like, no, for what? (laughs) Like that is literally a waste of my time to like rub in someone's face the ways in which they failed, right? Or fallen short or may have gotten it wrong. I'm like, I trust that even if they may have taken the longer path, that they will get out and to their destination eventually. And then this word came so clear. It was so clear in my dream that I literally had to jump out of my bed to record the dream. And the word was simple. Make peace with your iteration of the end. And so I leave y'all with that word right like it was a word that was so prophetic for me so prophetic and so representative that whatever it is we need our ends to be and look like like our the the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to be content make peace with it with whatever our iteration may be and not focus on anybody else And what it is they may be doing for themselves, to themselves, against themselves, to others, right? But just focus on what we know to be true for us. 
because there's nothing to be gained from like meddling in people's drama and like wallowing in their pain and reveling in their in their own drama right like there's nothing to be gained from that you know we don't celebrate it's not it's it's not the 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 way (laughs) right celebrating people's shortcomings doesn't make us any stronger any better any healthier any wholer right um and so yeah i am grateful to be in a position today where i have made peace with my iteration of the end and i feel a newness on the horizon y'all i felt this when i was turning 28 this year i felt it right before my birthday and i am like feeling it so immensely right now i feel like i am walking in it that like what is the end is also literally the foundations for a new beginning 